In your career, are you at the decision-making table? Do you know how to get that seat at the table? Research tells us that when women are politically and socially engaged, societies are more peaceful and prosperous. So how do we get there? Today on the Think Tank of Three, we have a special guest to help us claim our seats at the decision-making table. You've made it this far in your career, but is something holding you back from getting to the top? We're ditching the culture of competitiveness. We're women working together to help other women. We are Think Tank of Three. I'm Audrea, your business development coach. I'm Julie, your digital marketing strategist. And I'm Catherine, your media and public speaking expert. Three women from different backgrounds coming together to empower, support, and encourage other women professionally and personally. Let's do this together. Welcome to the Think Tank of Three. I'm Audrea Fink, here with my co-host Julie Holton and our special guest, Keila Hall. Keila is a leader in workforce development and an active advocate to close the wage gap for women. She has held over 100 facilitations, trainings, and workshops over the last four years in the state of Washington, New York, New Jersey, and DC. She's the co-founder of her very own company, Katie Hall Communications, which is a boutique consulting firm specializing in workforce training and development for organizations, including government and nonprofit agencies across the state of Washington and beyond. And if that's not kick-ass enough, as well as the co-founder of Katie Hall Foundation, which supports the uprising of leadership for women and girls, Keila also serves as an adjunct marketing and communications professor at Bellevue College and is a professional speaker, moderator, spokesperson, and special interest journalist. Keila, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. This, that's so exciting. Like, who is that lady? I want to meet her. <laughs> so do we. <laughs> <laughs> so Keela and I know each other from way back when we worked together at the University of Phoenix. And obviously she is just a bundle of energy. She's so easy to love. She's so easy to get to know. Uh, I adored her instantly. She is strong, direct, straightforward, which is my kind of lady. Um, so fast forward today and Keela has founded her own business. She's founded her own nonprofit. Um, I'm just so impressed with her. She's such a force of nature. So I'm super stoked to get to introduce her to the Think Tank of Three audience, um, especially because her foundation is all about getting girls and women a seat at the table, which is perfect to talk about on the Think Tank of Three. So let's kick this off. This is a topic we hear about all the time. This is Julie. And ever since we launched Think Tank of Three, we hear from not just women, but from men who want to be doing a better job of including women, for instance, at the table. And so I'm so excited to hear from someone who can tell us exactly how to do this. So in prepping for this topic, we discussed several reasons why women aren't at the table, and it turns out that the answer is really complicated. So Keila, why is that? Can you tell us a little bit about why you think women aren't at the table as much as they should be? I mean, it's not just straight sexism in your opinion, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the great thing is over time, there's more and more women at the table, especially in the state of Washington. I think our state is ahead of a lot of states. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we're on the West Coast. There's a lot of new trends here. So in our state, as you know, currently we have about 37 women leading um, in our, like as far as mayors in our state of Washington. That's awesome. huge. Right. Wow. And we have, um, even in Seattle, we have a woman mayor, a woman over the police department, a woman over the sheriff's department. So that's great. However, in a lot of the corporations right now, we're still way behind the trends. We're at like 10 percent on board of directors. And you and I both know and you as well, Julie, that that's how the decisions are really made when you're on those board of directors for these Fortune 500 companies. And that's where we're really seeing those gaps. Um, so I think that is, 
yes, some things are institutional and those are going to take years and years for us to be able to break through and change. But some things I think that we can really take our own power in our own hands as women and we can negotiate better. We can celebrate with one another a little bit better and we can get out of each other's way. I mean, how many times have you both worked with people and you've seen women, um, self-sabotage or sabotage each other, you know, and I think that that's a big piece of it too. Um, and I think it leads back to confidence, Audria. So let's talk a little bit about some of the things that women need to get to the table. So skill sets, right? Like what skill sets are we lacking that aren't putting us there? You know, I, I'm, I was really excited. As you know, we did a TV series earlier in the year and it was called Influential Women of Washington State. I had a chance to interview 18 dynamic powerhouse influencers in our state. And the common answer that I get on what women need is really, we have a lot of power, we're very educated, but we really need to be able to keep knocking on those doors and pushing some of those doors in. We need to be able to not take notes in meetings necessarily, but use your voice. So like women should never go to a meeting and sit there and be taking notes because visually what you're saying is that I'm here to learn. You're not saying I'm here to lead or I'm here to let my voice be heard. So I think that that's number one, making sure that whenever you go to any meetings, if you're in the workplace, if you're on teams, you have to let your voice be heard, um, speak an opinion, um, you know, be focused. And I think sometimes we are a little emotional when we're speaking. And if you don't already naturally have good business acumen, I think that's worth investing into business acumen. Right. So it sounds like resiliency, how you show up at the table and business acumen are the three things that you think women should be working on. Absolutely. And then also if there's an opportunity like how what we're doing today, I mean, you and I, we, we met back up since I've been back in Seattle. Um, I, I think that if you now, we, so we're all busy, right? We don't have time to give out all of our assets to everybody for free. We just don't as right. women. And I think that that's part of it too. Sometimes we're so giving and we're so nonprofit minded that we get in our own way because you can't do that you'll exhaust yourself you'll you'll burn out right but i do think that there's times where if you see a woman that's right there and she just needs just a little bit more to move forward help her (laughs) or simply don't stand in her way right i think that's another thing too that we have to practice as women and i think we have to practice that because our girls are watching and our girls, they are only duplicating what they're seeing. And so I think it's very important to not stand in other, other women's way. You can't always help every woman. You just don't have time, you know, but you can intentionally make sure that you're not standing in other people's way. I love both of those things. I want to dive into each one a little bit more, dissect it a little bit, if we can do that, Keela. So the first thing you talked about is not getting in our own way. Can you expand on that a little bit? Because you mentioned burnout. You mentioned holding ourselves back. And I think that for women, that happens more often than we realize. So can you talk about that a little bit? What are some ways that you see us getting in our own way? And then how do we turn that around? Absolutely. That's a, that's a really great way that you put them. Happy that you broke them up. As far as getting in our own way, you know, you have to know what is your purpose, right? Like, what are you looking to do? So if you're in a workplace and if you know that you are really a A-type personality and you like to get it done, Go after those type of opportunities. Don't try to slide yourself into a supporter role just so that you can get in front of someone. I think we do that a lot. I know, I don't, I can't say I really ever done that before. This is not part of my personality, but I have done it in certain organizations where I put myself in a, like a secretarial role. I'm not a good secretary. <laughs> I'm just not. I, 
I, that it, so resonates with me because I do that a lot where I'm like, let yeah. me support you. And I'm like, that's, that's not, not really, me. That's, I'm not, no, really you're not a supporter. That. Don't be a supporter. Right. But if you are an inspirational person, if you're an encourager, do that. And I think that that's one of the ways, if you can be true to who you are, I think that you will not burn out. Now, true, do you have to take your breaks? Yes. But if you're being fake to who you are as a person and playing all these, and I have friends that I see do that and they play all these supporting roles and then they, and then you notice that they start to um, have resentment towards other women. I think it's because you're playing the wrong role. You're sitting on the wrong seat on the bus. So get uh. yourself on the right seat on the bus. And once you're in that right seat on the bus, find other individuals who are moving in the same direction that you are and look for mentors, look for sponsors. You need both. You have to find a mentor and you have to find a sponsor. And then you can have some people that you can have girlfriend time with, but you really don't, in my opinion, your mentors are people that have been where you're going. Your sponsors are people who have seats at tables that you don't. And they can bring you up. And I experienced that this year. Um, personally, with the Boys and Girls Club, their president and CEO, I met her doing a TV series. And she um, brought me to a seat that I didn't have a table at. She brought me to a private party with Jackie Joyner-Kersey and their board of directors. And I had a chance to meet all these contacts. Some of those people sponsored our foundation. I had a chance to have one-on-one time with Jackie Joyner-Kersey. She was an Olympian and I also ran track. So I really enjoyed that time. So it's, it's, you know, knowing the difference between sponsors and mentors. And then I think also when you're in your career field, you got to remember, you got to also do those, those things in your job that you have to do. You can't turn your job into something else. Be the best that you can be in your job. Like build the highest skills as possible in the work that you're doing. And that's how you will promote up. That's awesome. Let's talk about how women can support each other and Mm -hmm. how we stay out of each other's way, but then support each other moving up. How do we get rid of that competitive nature or maybe that competitive fear? Yeah, you know, and I'm going to be really, and you know me, Andrea, I'm very positive. I'm very optimistic. But the reality is, I don't think that we can ever get rid of that competitive nature as women, because even from birth, um, it's, it's competitive with girls. Um, it's just the way we're raised in our it's society, it's society, it's in the households, it's in the schools, it's in the workplace. So I don't truly think we can ever get rid of it. Plus, I think the competitive side of women is what makes us so beautiful and brilliant, and that's what helps us bring that extra thing to the table. And I wouldn't want to get rid of that. I do think that if you're competing with the very best version of yourself, you wouldn't get in the way of other women. I think it's that simple. If you're constantly competing with yourself, getting yourself better to where you want to be um, in that, on that journey, there's going to be other, like you and I, we just reconnected after like nine years. I think we worked together in 2000. And, like nine and, months. Yeah. We're like 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not trying to tell our age here. <laughs> I'm going to be young forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, like we reunited and we reunited on a common interest. Now you mm-hmm. and I are going in maybe two different directions, but right. this unites us, right? And so you, you'll find those women along the journey and, you know, stick your hand out when you can. If you can donate to somebody's cause, do it, you know, if you can, if it's not taking you off your track. But I I think it's very important to know yourself. And even when you're going out there to start a business, I don't know if we're going to talk about this later, but when you're looking to start a business or a nonprofit, you need to know who your target audience is. If you figure out who are you trying to target, 
I have experienced that you'll be much more successful. Yeah. I love what you said just a moment ago when you're talking about women um, helping each other out or not standing in each other's way. You you touched on something that I want to expand on, and that's confidence. Because I know what I've experienced at times with other women in the workplace, and at various times maybe it was a female boss who really should have been probably the most supportive person in my career at that point because she was my boss. She was invested in my success and maybe wasn't always as Mm -hmm. she has been, right? But I think some of that comes back to confidence. So how do we as women build our confidence in ourselves or at least in some ways fake it till we make it, but, (laughs) but with the goal of building that confidence? Yes, that's really good. And you know, and I think that we all have those stages in our journey um, where we're confident and where we're not so confident, right? And I, I found for myself, some of the things I have to do to build my confidence is making sure, like, for example, sometimes we have to work jobs. Let's be real. And sometimes those jobs that we're working, it may not necessarily be what we want to do at that moment, but that, that's a priority. So you have to, if you have a job, be your very best at your job, even if it's not what you want to ultimately do, because to me, that's part of character. And that's going to follow you, right? That's going to follow you. But somewhere in there, you have to break it up where it's 33% of what you have to do, 33% of what you want to do. And I think that other 33% is what you need to be given back, right? Mm. So like you and Audrea, um, you all have this podcast. Like this is something you want to do. You know what I mean? This is like that thing that you get a chance to do. I think that truly, I think that builds confidence. It might be a long way to it, but I think that builds confidence because if you're doing the things you need to do, you're able to pay your bills. You're doing the things that you want to do, which is this podcast. And then if you're giving back 33% of your time, I, I think you'll be pretty successful. That giving back can look different for you than what it looks like for me. Um, for me, my give back is in my nonprofit. Those When I work with those college ambassadors two times a year, that's almost like me paying for my space on this earth. So let's talk a little bit about, just so that people understand a little bit more about KD Foundation. Like yeah. what, what is this ambassador, ambassador program? Talk, talk to us about what your Absolutely. So the so KD Hall Foundation, we have programs and we have signature events. Um, as far as our programs go, we host college ambassadors two times per year in a 12-week college accredited program. They learn business acumen, They work in organizations, they do capacity building projects, social media, they have to go meet with politicians. We eat together, and if they're over 21, at the conference, they can have one beverage (laughs) 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 along their graduation. And the really cool thing is we we make these students come together, and they're usually from all different places. We even put from Michigan, at University of Michigan. (laughs) All the way from there, we had a (laughs) But it gives them an opportunity to be able to be leaders right? It gives them an opportunity to be able to let their voice be heard. And this was the first year uh, with our college ambassadors that I let them run the PR campaign. I gave them structure and they ran it. And we, we had maybe 200 extra people at our conference this year than we had last year. So being able to, you know, give that to them, when you give someone a little bit of leadership, you'll be so surprised of how, how far that they will take it. So our college ambassadors, they're usually between the age of 17 and 24. And then when they graduate out of our programs, they get the college credits, which is great. Um, And so, and it's everybody. It's not just 
girls. We have men and women in this program. We have everyone from very wealthy to very poor. We even had homeless students in the past, but we, we purposely do that because the workplace is made up of different people. So essentially, they're working in a small communications company that's working on other projects for other companies. It's really cool. I'm proud of it. <laughs> I totally can see that. It sounds yeah. like you're doing a lot of work that's worthy of being proud of it too. So it, it, it looks like, it sounds like to me, not only are you helping these kids while they're in college, but you're also mm-hmm. sort of helping them get out of their comfort zone, right? Like they're running their own PR firm. And that is a skill set that I think um, women could benefit from. Can you talk a little bit about how you coach them to get out of their, their comfort zone? Yeah, you know, we have structure. So we we use structure. We have a structure curriculum that we built out four years ago. And we do change and and tailor that curriculum. And we put those students through there. At the very beginning, we really focus on each of them and what's their goals and why they want to be there. Now, keep in mind, 12 weeks is a long time Mm -hmm. for college students over the summer. So usually about week four, the energy totally dies. And so then we usually have to have a coming in Jesus. And then a lot of times I get them to have the conversations amongst themselves. And so then right there, it sparks back up and then they get all motivated again. And then they deflate again at eight weeks. So like we've done it long enough now to know when the deflation period happens. So we either bring in motivational speakers or we bring in very popular people that they may have wanted to meet like senators or newscasters or we bring them to the news stations. We bring them somewhere. So like every in, in these programs, we also do community service. Um, I think that the community service is very important for the students. And this year we did ages. So it's a retirement home, but only for individuals with dementia. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was important because now the statistics is, you know, 50% of Americans will have dementia at one point or another in their life. And the students afterwards, I just couldn't believe how much it resonated with them being there with these seniors and their stories were just just amazing. So um, I'm sorry, I know I'm a little off task, but pretty no, much like you're speaking my language. I'm on the board of directors for the Alzheimer's Association. So oh, you are? Oh. Yeah. And so when you talk about how you have to be giving back to the community and showing these students that in a big way, I mean, hats off to you because that's such an important part. Yeah, it, and they love it too. Like they they ate that up way more than what I expected for them to. Um, it was just a really good time. And so you, they got to get some community service in there. They have to learn how to do PR. And I and the reason why some of these students aren't even communication students. We have engineers in our program, but no matter what you're going to go into. The three of us know that you have to know how to sell yourself. You have to know how to market yourself. Like that's just how you build relationships. And so these students, they learn all those competencies, you know, in this 12 week program. And at the end it's bittersweet because we put so much energy into it. Like we're always crying at the end because it's like, this is it. You know, they graduated. Now they're going back to college. But the last two years, a lot of those students, we will hire them back in. So like, like the person does our website, she's one of our ambassadors from year one. Um, we, and we pay them too when they come back. So one of the topics that you mentioned, um, in the beginning was sort of not asking for a seat at the table or not continuing to knock on doors. Can you talk a little bit about the idea of perseverance and negotiation? Because you you coach to negotiation. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Talk about that for our audience. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Because I, I get so caught up in the nonprofit world and I'm happy you brought me back to business. <laughs> um, so I'm an executive coach. I usually coach um, 
C-level suites or, or executives, directors, and organizations. And I did a case study. And 2018 was a full case study for me with all of the clients I was working with. I asked them, hey, I'm going to be tracking some of this stuff because I'm going to come up with a book. And so um, in those case studies, what I found is that a lot of the individuals, even at that high level, a lot of them that were unsatisfied with their work was simply because of very simple things that they weren't negotiating. Negotiation does not begin or it's not only at the beginning of your career. Negotiation is throughout however, whatever, wherever you're working at, it's throughout. And what I found is like one woman, she was a high performer, but she did not negotiate that you know, she needed to come over to Seattle. They lived over in um, Eastern Washington. She wanted to come over to Seattle once a month because all her adult kids lived here. So it was just as simple, simple as her negotiating with her CEO that, hey, once a month, I want to take a Thursday and a Friday off so I can drive over to Seattle, enjoy my kids and not be tired when I come back, you know, on, on sat come back on Saturday. And that way I can have a whole day of rest before going back to work. So negotiation is a, a key competency that all people need in the workplace. But women in particular. And it's because women, we negotiate at a much lower rate than men. Um, and it's proven that we have statistics out there about that, that women will accept an offer and women even will not apply for certain positions unless they meet all of the qualifications on there. Now, men, my husband in particular, I love him. He will look at a position and he might, oh, I can do that. I can do that. My wife can do that. So oh, I'm this job. <laughs> And Julie, <laughs> Julie, you just posted something to the, the Facebook about how men will negotiate or they'll talk about their capacity so much more than women will. Women will downplay what they do. Men will. Yes. And this yeah. is totally off subject, but it also talks about how women are slightly more truthful when they're negotiating and that yeah. actually play against them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That is so true. That is so true. But it's like, we have to practice. And so one of the things I do with my clients, so I, I train on all levels. Like I usually don't train below managers. So I usually train like management and up. Um, and with the managers, we do, people learn by doing. Uh -huh. So I do a little bit of lecture because I'm a, like you said earlier, I teach, so I'm a facilitator. I'm used to lecturing. So we'll do a little bit of a lecture. And then we give them a chance to have circles so they could talk about their experience in that. And then we get them to practice the skill the way that they would do it naturally. Then we give them the tips. When I say we, it's usually me. I give them the tips. And then from there, they get a chance to apply it at their table. And then they don't know who we're going to select. We select certain tables and have them apply that skill in front of the whole group. So role playing, Audrea, you remember University of Phoenix? Uh, everybody hates role playing, but nobody oh hates it God. more than I do. But the role playing <laughs> really works. I swear, it you does. They're a, they were ahead. Mm -hmm. I, I must say, like they were ahead in a lot of ways. Like for real, I'm in so many companies, and they were so far ahead in their thinking. And I'm just so grateful that I had a chance to work for that organization and learn as much as I learned. Because honestly. A lot of it is what I learned from the University of Phoenix, either in my MBA program, my master's in adult education program, or just being a leader in that organization across multiple states. Um, you know, you, we learned so much and you have to role play. And so what I find with negotiation in particular is as simple as practicing, getting comfortable asking, knowing when to pause, 
knowing when to be quiet and knowing how to keep going. Like you tell me no once, I didn't even hear you. You tell me no twice. It's like, okay, but, and then if you tell me no the third time, then I, I'll probably stop now, but I'll be back later. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That tenacity. So beautiful. Okay. So once we have a seat at the table, once we've put all of this into play and we're, we're sitting at the table, we're confident, we, we've honed our skills, how do we, one, keep that seat at the table and two, work well with others at the table? Because we all know that we don't necessarily have a say in who else is sitting at that table with us. Mm-hmm. So That's how true. do we use our skills now that we yeah. have, keep that seat and keep that relationship working with the others? You know what? That's interesting. That's actually one of um, the, so I've been teaching this year a lot, like in companies. And so for 2019, I decided to do online workshops for scaling purposes. I got two babies. Um, So scaling is very important to me in 2019. Um, Crucial conversations. I think that that is so key when you're working in teams is being that ability to be straightforward, but also knowing who you're speaking to and being able to speak to that person in a way that they can understand or or that they can take in what you're saying to them, right? Because sometimes more than likely when you're on board of directors, everyone's passionate, but everyone can be passionate about different things. Mm -hmm. And so there's going to be times where there will be conflict, but having that skill set to do a, to have a crucial conversation. And I think if you do that, you can essentially work with anybody. Now, are we going to have people that we just don't get along with? absolutely we're human right some people aren't gonna get along with us because of just some it it could be an annoyance about our style but i think that as much as possible um always taking it back to the reason why 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 we are here right which is like the mission and the vision and then from there if there's something that's going off task being able to have that conversation don't let it build up because that's the number communications is the number one issue in organizations. You wouldn't believe how much money we made in 2018 just on communications. I'm serious. Like all the organizations are suffering with communications. And a lot of it just comes down because people, they get upset and they don't say anything. So it's like, how am I supposed to know you're upset at me? I'm not a psychic, you know? And so it's just having that conversation. One of the things that you do at KD Hall Communications is you do workforce development training specifically for diversity and inclusion. So can you talk to us a little bit about Um, what types of communication styles or what types of coaching would you offer so that we can be the best communicators in a diverse workplace? Absolutely. Um, So I think that one thing is there's generations, there's sexuality is a big thing right now in the workforce generations. You got the the Me Too movement going on. There's so much happening. You know, get, get to know people simply get to know people you have if you can get to know a person even if you don't like each other you can work together if you get because if you get to know people if you truly take the time out to get to know people's communication styles how they act under stress i'm a certified trainer for disc actually remember this mm, yes, yep, i do yep disc is a communications um in the workplace assessment and i think companies so if you work for a company um get a disc certified trainer to come in it makes a big difference you know even for your small team or for teams at large that's a good opportunity disc um but then once you get to know people you can start to understand how they operate when they're stressed and then when they're not stressed out like i get very excited and sometimes that it makes people kind of want to take a step back from me. And so since I know that when I'm working with different people, I know when to turn 
my energy on and off. You know what I mean? So it's like when you know other people, then you get to know yourself better. And then you know how to be able to come at people. But at the end of the day, you're going to be who you are, right, in the workplace. So it's just going back to those core values and having that level of respect for people that you work with. How many problems would we solve in this world if we just took that one piece of advice and put it into practice? Just get to know people. Yes. I mean, my goodness, how many times do we worry about things that we don't even need to worry about because we didn't speak up and ask? How mm-hmm. many times do we make assumptions because we didn't ask, we just assumed? I mean, I can just think of so many ways, personally and professionally, that if we just got to know people, this world would be a better place. It would be, it would be, (laughs) it would be so much more of a better place if we just got to know each other. And, and then once you get the, and and you, you know, you got to be yourself, but when you get the, um, when you get to know other people and you get to know yourself, you get to know yourself better, I guess, essentially. And then you can just work better. And then, so when you leave work, you can turn that off and go home be yourself. (laughs) So Keela, what are some tips for getting to know people? in a diverse workplace, right? Like you walk in the door, you're like, I don't know any of these people. Maybe there's some of the tips you use when you walk into an organization for training and you got to start at ground zero. Yeah. You know, honestly, um, I do a lot of research. I'm a big time researcher. So even if I'm just going to meet with you for coffee, I will have researched you before I go meet with you because I want to know who I'm meeting with once again. Like it is so true. Like I, I do, I have really good relationships and I, recognize that people are like, well, how do you build so many relationships? You just go somewhere and you build relationships with people. For one, even before, if I go to an event and I'm speaking at that event or I'm going there to listen to a speaker, I'm going to do a lot of research on that event. I want to find out who's going to be there. Once I find out who's going to be there, then I'm thinking about, okay, so Keila, you have, you have your 2019 goals, like right now I do. So who do you need to get to know? to help you execute these goals. And once I figure that out, I go in there and like a shark and I, I go exactly for who I want to meet and I go and meet them. I shake their hand. I follow up. I usually schedule um, a one-on-one with them or something like that and really get to know them. But like, you know, it's when I'm working on a project, I figure out who needs to be on that project with me. And I usually know that way far in advance. Wait, like I've been knowing that I was going to do a project with Senator Patty Murray since 2016. 2019 is going to be the year that we're going to execute that project because I've done enough things now to get in her radar where mm-hmm. now I'm about to execute. So it may take time, but that's why you continue. It goes back to knowing what is your purpose? What do you want to do? You have to plan. I mean, my whiteboard, that's, you know, one side of my whiteboard has like my 90 day goals, personal, personally, um, physical, whatever it is I'm focusing on, and the back of my board has my 12-month plan on there. And I go and check it to see if I'm on point with it. And usually, when I looked at the back of my board last week, everything on the back of that board, I promise you, I executed it. And if it didn't execute out the way I thought it should, I still attempted it. So do you see there being a need for women to have maybe more specific professional goals? Like, So, you know, you own, you own your own company, you have uh, your own foundation, right? Julie, she has her own company. I work for a corporation, right? Yeah. So I, I have my goals that mm-hmm. are work goals, but maybe one of the things I should be doing instead of just focusing on how do I help my company succeed is really setting personal professional goals for me mm. instead of just doing the work, right? Or mm-hmm. planning out the work. Because I'm pretty yes. strategic when it comes to work, but I'm wondering if maybe there's a lack of self goal setting for mm-hmm. a lot of women in the professional space, right? They're doing the job. They're not right. Set it. 
Right, right. No, no, no. I get it. I totally get it. You know, honestly, I think the workplace is essential, though. It's when you go out there to have your own business, you got to be ready, you know, and I learned through making mistakes. And that's how I learned. I'm okay with that. But everyone can't do that. Right. right. So I think being in, in, being in the workplace is a beautiful place, too, because then you have a platform that will pay for you to do a lot of the things that you want to do. So I think that when you when you're working in the workplace and you know that there's other things that you want to do, it goes back to having that 33, that 33, that 33. But you can use your workplace to get that other place that you want to be. And, and I've done that. So with teaching with Bellevue College, I've been wanting to do a TV series for years. I don't have money to go pay a big network to do a TV series. And so me working there after two years, I pitched them to let me do a TV series. I told them how I was going to do it. I told them who was going to be included, how much money we were going to need. I wrote up a proposal. They gave me the money to do that TV series. The college paid for that. When I was calling people to ask them to be a part of the TV series, the college name was attached to it. So you know how people are. Oh, yeah, it's a college. And so they did it. And it was way easier to execute that than me even doing things with my own foundation. And so I think that there's beauty in working for an organization. I really do. And I think that if you know what your goals are, um, and if you don't know what your goals are, you can get with a coach, you know, and a coach can really help guide you. But just make sure you're not just wasting money with people, just be wasting money with people. You really need to sit down with yourself first to know what are your goals. Like, wh why are you here? Why are you here on this earth? What are those things that you really want to accomplish? And then once you figure that out, you can leverage your company to get what you want on the outside, I think. And I've done it. So I know you can do it. Awesome. Well, Keila Hall, this has been so insightful. Thank you for joining us today and sharing your thoughts. Before we go, we are collecting advice from successful women in our communities and sharing it in our Think Tank forum. So we have three rapid fire questions for you. Uh oh, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a lesson that you've recently learned that you wish you could have learned earlier in your career? Secure the bag at all costs. I really mean that. Secure the bag. And, and what I mean by secure the bag is know what you are doing, know what you want to do, and don't let anything take you off of that focus. What advice would you offer to your younger self 10 years ago? Take your breaks when needed. Once again, stay very sharp with your focus and plan. Make sure you always have a 12 to 18 month plan. So what do you think the most important skill, number one skill to hone for a woman is in today's professional setting? Confidence. You have to be confident in whatever you do. And if you're not confident, look in the mirror every day and, and give yourself that Rocky Balboa talk. I mean it. Like, you know, <laughs> talk, talk to yourself in the mirror. There was a TED Talk, a very powerful TED Talk, and it was called Power Pose. And she talked about the importance of being in that mirror and practicing your power pose. And so if you're not feeling motivated, <laughs> when you practice your power pose, you will be able, you'll get that motivation. It works. <laughs> I tried it. <laughs> I love it. Oh. Kila posts regularly in our Facebook group, so make sure you tune into our Facebook group to check out her posts. Kila, can you also share the best way for our audience to connect with you if they have additional questions or if they want to touch base with you to learn more about your business and how you might be able to help? The best way is email. My email is Kila, which is K-E-L-A at K-D. 
H-A-L-L.com. That's Keela at KatieHall.com. Um, or, you know, go to my website. You can go to, we're, we're, first of all, we're on Facebook. We're, we're on Instagram. We're on LinkedIn. Um, on LinkedIn, I post quite a bit professionally, which is, which is Keela Hall. And on my Facebook page, I think it's Katie Hall Foundation. And the same thing on Instagram, Katie Hall Foundation. But anyway, um, that's how you can get in contact with me. And we have an amazing course coming up called Secure the Bag. It's an online workshop for women um, who are looking to learn a little bit more about negotiating. Awesome. Keela Hall of Katie Hall Foundation and Katie Hall Communications. Thank you so much for joining us. That's all for our episode today of Think Take a Three. Connect with us and Keela online, thinktankof3.com. We blog weekly. Subscribe and you'll get an email alerting you to when a new podcast or blog is up. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Be sure on Facebook, click over and join our private group. If you liked what you heard today and how could you not with Keela Hall joining us, share our podcast. We love referrals. So share our podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. If you have any questions or topics you would like us to discuss, send us a message at thinktankof3 at gmail.com. You've made it this far in your career, but is something holding you back from getting to the top? We're ditching the culture of competitiveness. We're women working together to help other women. We are Think Tank of Three. I'm Audrea, your business development coach. I'm Julie, your digital marketing strategist. And I'm Catherine, your media and public speaking expert. Three women from different backgrounds coming together to empower, support, and encourage other women professionally and personally. Let's do this together.